What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the FN Story. I am here with an organization owner, a innovative person in the space, and someone I've been working with recently, and I'm happy they reached out. Uh, Teddy, what's going on, man? Hey, SPG. What's up, man? I'm super excited to be here. Going to be hard to top the uh, podcast you released yesterday <laughs> with 50, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to let it rip and then give it my best. Hey, I, I, don't compare them. They're all different. Everybody has their own value they bring to it. And that's why I love doing these is because like you have a whole different perspective than I do, than 50 does. So all that insight, super helpful, just being able to learn. But most people, I, I asked 50 the same thing, but most people probably don't know who you are or like what you do. So you mind giving us like a little bit about who's Teddy? I know, no, for sure, for sure. Well, first of all, make sure everyone watch to the end. I'm gonna unload all the wisdom that I that I possibly have um, on gaming, business, Fortnite, etc. Um, but I'll go quickly into my story. So um, I'm from I'm from Toronto. I grew up loving gaming and loving sports. Like I'm obsessed with the NBA. We've had a couple NFL chats before. Go Birds. Police um, hockey is obviously very big and very big in Toronto. So I loved sports. Um, I was obsessed with sports center with ESPN. Um, you know, it was always my dream to like own a sports team or, or do something and do something in, in that area. Um, so that was like, and I, and then I got also kind of into the sports media space, like as a total side, I love fantasy football, all that stuff is like one of the, the things that I've committed like an unreasonable amount of time to, um, time to in my life. Um, then I grew up, I got a real job, um, in, uh, management consulting, doing, uh, doing software stuff. But, you know, the whole time it was kind of calling to me, want to start a business, want to do something a little bit more creative, a little bit more for myself. And, uh, Fortnite came out. I got super addicted to the game as most people did in 2017, 2018, camping in bushes, trying to, uh, to rat out my first, uh, victory Royale. Finally got it in. It's going to be so embarrassing. Um, chapter one, season seven. So the first Victor Umbrella I got was the, uh, it's like the palm tree one. Okay. Um, Damn, you still remember palm that? Palm tree one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> watched the World Cup. Thought it was awesome. Um, I kind of got the itch to do something in esports. I went to a conference in Las Vegas. Esports was one of the themes there. So I got an itch. Like most of the stuff that I'm doing now, I got the first like, you know, we're um, ESPN style clutch up stuff and um, fantasy and all that stuff. I got the itch to do then in, in early 2020. Um, and then eventually I took the plunge starting an org, Moon Unit, um, in July 2021. And it's been and it's been a journey since then, to say the least. All right. So you do a couple of different things. We got Moon. We got clutch up. And then obviously, like you as a person, but I want to go back. First of all, like, why start an orc? I feel like there's been so many people that have tried this and it hasn't necessarily worked out. Like, why for you, one, do you feel like you could do it? And two, did you take that leap? I mean, it's an amazing question. I asked, I ask it to myself a lot. So at first, when I start, um, started an org, I wanted to start it as like, side to a business like a product that I came up with and my friends and I work on a product kind of completely irrelevant and I said well wouldn't it be fun if we like created an esports organization to like better monetize this this product and better market this product and we can you know reinvest the profits into into building a reach online um, and then I just got kind of sick of waiting so I said I'll, I'll jump right in um, these esports businesses, they're not great businesses. It's like opening a restaurant or something, right? It's um, its really tough to, to generate an ROI. But I was super passionate about it. And what I thought, what I thought is one, this kind of model where you sign a bunch of players, you know, grow as much as you can, make some content, hope for a sponsor, seemed a little bit antiquated. So I thought maybe you know, I can come up with something better. We're still working on it. So I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything because we're still working on it and we haven't quite got there yet um, after two years. Um, but two, I was super passionate about the esports space and Fortnite um, especially. So I, I thought if I just get my feet, foot in the scene and I start and 
know, it's, it's, uh, I'm spending some money, so I feel super motivated to work hard so it doesn't go to waste. Um, I, th- I, I thought I could work, I thought I could work something out over time, which getting there, we're getting there, um, with, with Munion and Clutch Up. Um, but that was, that was, that was why I did it. Um, and will it ultimately succeed? I think I think part of it is definitely going to succeed over time, but what we'll see, uh, we'll see if there's kind of a whole some of the parts, moon unit clutch up, um, and all the different things we're trying to accomplish with them um, ultimately works as a collective. But that was why I started the org. I wanted to dip my foot in. Um, I think that the other thing is is competing and being in competition um, in these tournaments is motivating in and of itself. It's awesome, like, because we, I, I, I do want to win some FNCS championships one day, and under the the Moon Unit banner, and it, it does, you know, make me grind, you know, other looking for other ways to generate revenue, you know, to to, you know, find the money to pay more players or so on and so forth. So um, that's why. I mean, that was a bit of a jumbled answer, but uh, um, really, the short answer is, um, it's pretty easy to start an org, which is kind of a bad thing from a business perspective <laughs> in a lot of ways. And then too, I figured I could uh, figure it out as I went along. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you clearly have the passion. Whenever I'm talking to you, you're always working on something else. And I think one of the things that stood out to me um, from what you just said is you kind of see Clutch Up and Moon Unit as like a, a similar, if not the same piece of like one business unit that then has separate branches. And like, Clutch up to me, it seems like you've already proven that concept will be successful as a YouTube channel. Like the fact that that Booga video blew up and since then, I think everything's getting 20 plus thousand views. And over time, I would imagine they continue to accumulate because they're evergreen content. That's not going anywhere. One day we're going to see, let's see, Duke or Edgy retire. And then that video is going to be popping up on somebody's feed because they're now what the search is. So that piece, uh, I, I'd feel more comfortable in saying, like, you keep that up. It'll continue to succeed. You'll grow. YouTube is more. Th- there's a streamlined process. It's not an easy process, but there is like a, a steps. And that seems to be going in the right direction. But for Moon Unit, that's kind of you figure out what the heck's going on whenever the heck things happen. And why do you kind of bring those two together when they could very easily be seen as separate? I know for sure. So I think there's, there's a, there's a few answers. So the first is it's a huge relief that clutch up is finally working out. I I think we talked, uh, we talked a lot in kind of the, the, I would say darker periods during the winter where it was, you know, I was putting hours and hours of work um, hours and hours of work and you know, the videos aren't cheap to produce between all the different the, all the different costs. I was putting hours and hours of work and the videos were kind of flopping. I think lots of those videos have retroactively um, done quite well, which is super encouraging. But I think first of all, just clutch up doing well is an is a enormous relief. And it was uh, like, I think it was a, a really stressful, hard time having two things that weren't performing to the level that I had hoped happening simultaneously. So that's, that's, first of all, that's a huge relief. And you're completely right. Like clutch up can just branch off into its own thing at, at any time at, 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 at any point. So, um, like I wouldn't ever see myself leaving the esports, and I mean, hopefully Fortnite, um, is forever, but wouldn't see myself leaving the esports or Fortnite um, space because I have that and I have a big passion to produce those videos, but I do want to talk about, um, moon unit and, and esports orgs, um, for a second and, um, some of the perspectives that I have on them. So, yeah, go for it. um, uh, so actually today there was a bunch of news. Esports was a trending, a trending topic on Twitter. Did you see that? Are uh, you talking about the VCT stuff? Yeah, all the VCT stuff. Yep. The guard and um, Xet, and you know there was the the thing that came out about Sentinels a couple weeks ago. So I mean, obviously these uh, these esports orgs are, I mean, especially pure competitive are are not great. But um, one Can of the I reasons stop you why. Real quick? And, uh, just if you're listening, you don't know what happened with the VCT stuff. Uh, the Guard was one of the teams in Valorant's Premier League. They, I believe, just won the last like 
global championship or regional. I don't follow Valorant super close. They have been super successful. The guards had their own issues, but today Valorant just posted and announced the guard is no longer participating. No one's filling their space. We have no idea really what that means. They said they're just going to run the league as is, and that's what's going to be Valorant champion tour for NA for the foreseeable future. So that's what we're talking about. Don't mean to get off topic for you, but just to give people context. Um, no, absolutely. So there's, and I heard you and um, uh, Monster talking about when Sentinels exited Fortnite. There was kind of this debate that you guys had, which I thought was really good on on that podcast about, uh, you know, is Fortnite a terrible place to have an esports org? Like, is Fortnite like the worst esports to to have in Oregon? Um, so just here, here's my perspective. Here's okay. my my perspective on that. I, obviously, I, I don't feel that way. I don't know a whole lot about the economics of of other esports, um, of other esports, but like the idea of spending millions of millions of dollars, probably funded by debt, on a franchising spot, and then just hoping that the esport remains popular and being a hundred percent at the whims of the developer and the content deals they can negotiate for, I guess, revenue sharing on the viewership, seems pretty crazy. Um, seems pretty crazy to me. Um, and I think we'll probably see a few of those orgs um, struggling over the next the next couple of years as uh, as the space um, redefines. I think one I I do Epic gets a lot of shit. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you go go for it. Epic gets a lot of shit, but they are an incredibly ambitious, incredibly ambitious and highly productive developer. They're constantly releasing new content. They're constantly looking for ways, trying new things. Sometimes they fail. Sometimes they succeed. Looking for ways to keep people interested in the game. So that's that's one thing. Like the baseline interest in Fortnite, I think, has remained really resilient. So that's that's step one. And then part two is I actually do think this creative 2.0 and map making is a great way to uh, make orgs sustainable over time. Um, and that's one of the things we're pivoting into doing on Moon Unit. We've created one um, one game already. It's done all right. Um, it's like a gun game with just shotguns called Shotgun Game. Um, and it's done all right. It's pretty fun. And our plan is we're just going to, you know, every two, three months, we're going to have a new game coming out. We're going to have the streamers on our team play the game, uh, play the game, promote it, viewer games, tournaments, so on and so forth. And the monetization on those maps is actually quite quite high uh, to put it into perspective like one dollar for a thousand views on youtube is worth one twentieth of the thousand players on a fortnite creative map so to put it in other words like fortnite maps pay like 15 to 20 times um per thousand engagements or plays or whatever right. um compared to youtube so i do think that it's quite powerful and you, know, you see, you know, talks about that with BL. I know Dignitas launched a map a couple of weeks ago. So I do see a lot of like opportunities for ROI that, um, that didn't exist before. And then you're creating a little bit of a flywheel, right? So if you're saying, okay, I can pick up some players and, you know, their reach can like help market my game, um, us bringing more profit into the org. And then I can, you know, reinvest that in new players or um, new players or you know, different things, products like we're doing the clutch up fantasy or whatever. Like there is a virtuous cycle uh, that's possible there that um, we're 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 going for. And I think the third thing is there is a really motivational and animating principle in any organization of winning. Can I just can we win? Win a cash cup? It's awesome. You know, there's always in our management discord chat if um management discord chat if one of our players oh this they could win the cash cup or they could qualify for you know an fncs week finals or grand finals there's a ton of excitement around that and it it does it does inject um it does inject um energy and passion into an organization um and kind of keeps people keeps people motivated and wanting to grind and wanting to improve and um, and make contributions. So I think those are those are my kind of like loose thoughts on um, on uh, on why have an org and 
uh, why Moon Unit and why I'm still pretty enthusiastic about Moon Unit. Uh, again, there's some optionality. Obviously, Clutch Up could just spin off, and I can only do that um, at some point in the future. But um, at this point, I'm pretty committed into to winning and making this into a viable business as well. That's cool. And I, I think the addition of the map making revenue share is massive for so many people. Like there, there is so much money to be had. Like just think of it as like the early Fortnite days of when the prize pools were absurd, where you would come in like a thousandth and get like 500 bucks. So like now you don't need to be like the top map creator in the world to make paying map creators to build a map sustainable plus if you're getting your own branding on there you're getting your marketing having something for your players to do like direct uh i guess return on the investment that you're getting it makes a lot of sense and it's almost like we see people like you said fortnite gets a lot of shit as a developer but we see people complaining about a lack of like revenue share for competitive or anything like that but now we're seeing org shift to this model where we're going to put out maps or even players are doing it themselves. They're putting out maps, finding ways to make one. money back. And I don't think that Fortnite is the best way for an org to exist, but I think it's one, the easiest to get started. Like you said, it's kind of way too easy. Anyone can really do it. You start a Twitter account and who knows if some are even kind of player, incorporated yeah. businesses, but then you, you sign a player for relatively cheap salaries. They used to be absurd, but compared to player salaries in like v Valorant, League of Legends, Dota, you're paying a fraction, like a very reasonable salary for players, uh, especially even the top players. Like some of the most expensive players aren't more than like three to $5,000 a month, which you told somebody that two years ago, you're getting laughed out, out of a room. So there's a lot of value in that. And it's cool to see that you're making the pivot as there's changes happening to be able to find ways in order to, to drive revenue and make moon a more successful organization as you know, it's not purely competitive anymore. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And this happens to be coinciding with at least what I've been observing over the summer with, with a renewed interest in, in Fortnite competitive, right? Sefer PK watched Booga video and one of the comments he made was like, I want to get back into competing. Like, this is really epic. This is really good. Clicks was just in a Courage JD video. We obviously knew Courage JD was like the first voice of Fortnite competitive. And when you go back and look at these old videos, it's like Nick A30 on the broadcast and Dr. Lupo and all these huge creators. Um, and just the fact that they're like dipping their toe back in and getting interested, um, I think is super, super great. I think I, I heard a huge French streamer um, co-owns an org now. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, um, M8. Yeah, M8. And then I, even this morning, I was looking at uh, at Twitch, and um, Janice was streaming, Cami was streaming, Seti was streaming, um, Alabuka was streaming, all to over a 1,000 viewers. Uh, so... I actually think this is coinciding like pretty nicely with uh, like a renewed interest in competitive and Fortnite in general too. So, um, I mean, I'm like, like a perennial optimist about, about <laughs> all things, but um, you know, I, I do think that there, there is reason, um, there is reason to be, uh, to be optimistic, even if the existing esports organization business model in general, Fortnite in particular um, Fortnite in particular is, is, uh, like quite lacking. Yeah. I think there's a, a couple of reasons for that one, as much as I hate that ranked and pubs are pretty much the same, it creates a much easier path for players that are just playing pubs to get into ranked and then, Oh, look, tournament happening. You were just playing ranked. Why not try your hand at a solo victory cash cup, which is much more obtainable for the average player to like actually earn money than trying to get top 50 in a duo cash cup like that's just not happening so it's become much easier for players to kind of take those steps and i think big picture wise while we know all the pros kind of hate the ranked and the solo victory cash cups the lack of siphon all this stuff 
I feel like it has actually improved the general. Yeah, the, the players are now easier to jump into competitive versus what it used to be. And I mean, I still don't like the siphon change. I, I hate not having siphon. That's I've played significantly less since they've taken it out, but I'm the small major or minority where I'm an uber competitive, like purist when it comes to competitive Fortnite. And also you have all these big stories, right? You have all these big creators, big pl- name players now becoming the previous generations like mongrels benji's mr savage is still here but we have this year-long track that makes the story easy to follow rather than like this random one-off tournament every couple of months we're just like here's an fncs and then we're gonna like last year we're gonna choose to invite the top eight but not in all cases and then it, it just it's easier for the 100%. general fan to follow now with this format. And I mean, to Fortnite's credit, they've done an amazing job fostering this. Now it's where do you go from here now that you, you've created this? Uh, well, I, I mean, yeah. And you, you nailed it. Like the, the stories are so much more stories are so much more powerful, right? Like that Bucky day two comeback that was, you know, probably the second or third major storyline on NA central would have just been it would have been totally irrelevant um if it wasn't for that Copenhagen spot being up for grabs we've seen comebacks like that before right like Han at the global invitational went from 40th to 6th something um and it was kind of like a drop in the bucket of a storyline compared to a kind of epic showdown between Queasy Vino and Cami and Seti so I, I mean yeah they've done and that's the other thing like know with blast it just seems like epic is executing competitive at just a way more compelling level and i know they had their hands tied with covid and fortnite lands just have like an order of magnitude more people than other esports and all these different things so uh, i know they had their hands tied but this year with kind of full clear skies a full year to plan i mean it's they've done an amazing amazing job yeah i hope to see more lands in the future um less zero build lands but i don't think that's gonna happen so uh i'll just keep my mouth shut and do whatever whatever comes my way yeah i mean it seems like the the build competitive just gets so many more viewers now than the zero build competitive well because uh zero build sucks i hate zero build (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with you I, I see that as like a perfect way to have like pro-ams or charity tournaments, Twitch rivals, yes. things like that. I The way it currently is, and I don't really see this changing, is what makes the Battle Royale work is the ability to build. We see Battle Royales have success, but like Call of Duty, it, it's a good game, but it's not a great game. Apex Legends is on the verge of great game but they have these mechanics like character abilities that like bridge that gap of the battle royale that make it possible so for Fortnite, we don't really have any of that character ability or anything it's the building that makes it work in my opinion and i don't know i i hope we have anything you want to see the the best possible skill on on display yeah i think the cat's out of the bag that building being in the game just drastically rises the skill ceiling which means that when the players are competing you're seeing the maximum possible skill in the game um, which is what which is what people want to watch but you hit on something really interesting um, and this is a stat that i sent you which is the power of storytelling which is like a huge core belief of mine um and uh, it's it's definitely the thing that transformed clutch up i think more to come on the moon unit content i think we're starting to uh we're starting to get a little bit more sophisticated um, there as well. But I sent this to you, um, which is um, Formula One. There's this Netflix show called Drive to Survive, which I'm sure lots of people have or haven't seen. But basically what it does is actually what 50 was, um, actually really similar to what 50 was uh, talking about when he has the footage of Nada and Acorn and a couple other top pros like full lead up to FNCS and he's going to make a big documentary about it. Like I'd, I'd urge him to 
Well, well, one, if he just wants free advice from me, he can always hit me up. And I'm, I, I just want that to be super good. Like I'm invested in that being like amazing. But he should definitely watch things like Drive to Survive um, because the the humanization of the, the drivers in the case of Formula One, the drivers and the team principals um, and the various storylines, because there's 20 drivers and the show basically covers 15 of the 20 drivers every season. Um, and lots of the team principals really effectively. Um, and it's had in insane, insane, insane results. So since Drive to Survive came out, um, the, the U.S. race viewership has doubled. So from half a million viewers in 2017 on average to over a million viewers per race in the U.S. alone. Wow. Um, and F1, they're saying F1 is on track to surpass 1 billion fans. 77% of the new fans under the age of 35. The average Grand Prix attendance in the United States, well, first of all, they've added two in Miami and Las Vegas, but the, they had one in Texas all along. It's doubled in terms of the amount of, uh, the amount of attendance. So they've had to, like, you know, they've had to accommodate much higher, much higher um, attendance. And Formula One, the holding company, the stock price is up 250% um, since 2016. Right. And like there's enormous, enormous interest and enormous economic value um, that can just come come through storytelling. And that's like a core thesis, obviously, of, of Clutch Up um, and hopefully Moon Unit. And I, I've seen other work. Tundra did a really good um, Vino video and, you know, Reese Hub and Ozzy, they're always top left on my YouTube algorithm, i.e. the first. Um, they do a really good job at this, too. And I've seen other channels um, since Clutch Up um, has started doing well that have done similar things, too. That's quite effective. And um, like people can really latch on to these stories. It generates enormous interest. It generates enormous incentive to watch. It generates enormous incentive to this past tournament, we got kind of lucky that it came down to the last game, but it didn't look like it was going to come down to the last game until the last game. Like yeah. it was Kanata and Adriers had this huge, huge lead and Kanata and Adriers had this huge, huge lead. So then there's all these other amazing secondary storylines, I think probably headlined by the Bucky and Ocus um, comeback. Um, but I, I think without that, right, there's, you know, people will just tune out. Oh, Kanata's winning by 200 points. Good for him. He's finally won. That's a great story, but he won six games too early for me to be interested. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, so I, I mean, I, I think, I think that's like a great, a great tailwind that new format with Copenhagen, like you said, um, brings about, but, but too, I, I do think like lots of the creators in the space, um, are, are working hard to do it. And Epic did a bunch of little story profiles of the players too, didn't they? Yeah. The yeah, last, think, like what the last batch that they just did, they had like Taysen. There was one with Fatch. They like actually showed some of the outside gaming things of the players, which I think has been lacking. Like they were all, they were good production quality wise, but I think they lacked any kind of value as far as who is this player? Why should people care? And I think the most recent batch has done a really good job of that. I, I think there's still room for improvement. That's uh, I'm always going to believe that, but ultimately they're doing better now themselves. And there's more people like yourself that Aussie Reese that are telling these stories, creating this interest. And I never thought of something like formula one as being comparable, but it's very similar and you always just see the car. You never see the driver really. You're just watching the car. There's a bunch of racers. You don't really see what's going on. And it's gotta be so hard to make those people seem like people and not just someone, you know, in a car holding a steering wheel that nobody actually cares who's behind that helmet. So that is a perfect example that I think can now continue to translate through years and years of playing Fortnite and competitive. Oh, 100%, right? It's the exact same analogy, which is just some kind of random person in an online tournament behind a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, and like it's hard. That, that, it's hard uh, to create like a person because on the broadcast, every once in a while, you'll see like a little zoom in and like the side of the screen and they'll, they'll be a person, but no one actually, that doesn't do anything. It's cool. I think that they should continue to do that, but no one cares really no one knows yeah, well, who that person is they don't hear the comms they don't hear what that person's saying 
and we've started to get better interviews at the end of shows the beginning of show ones are still kind of eh because players are like i'm not yeah. not telling you anything i'm not giving yeah, up i'm not giving advice. up my strats yeah it's like dude no one's stealing your don't go high ground or something <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah. the the end of them my my two favorite were this last fncs we had canada and agers at the end of winning a oh, tournament legendary that yeah. was phenomenal and Pen the day before gave a phenomenal interview granted it sucks he lost or didn't qualify but at the it, it is what it is right still giving good interviews it's real victory the agony of defeat yeah yeah being a personality being more than just a player is so important and there's a lot of these people that are starting to get it i feel like for the longest time a lot of players didn't get it but now they are um well, 50 like hit nailed that in the podcast you did with them on not uh right they've seen a huge like a huge um growth in their profile and um because they've really embraced the the content side but i, I do think the broadcast does a pretty good job battle royales and fortnite is particularly hard because you know an nba going into nba finals you're like oh you know it's curry versus lebron or all these different things in a, in a battle royale there's a hundred players so it's impossible to um tell a story about a hundred players simultaneously without it being totally diluted and impossible to follow. Uh, the game is a little bit more unpredictable, which is good in some ways, right? You, yeah, Peter Bott and Bilo can win or, you know, Kanata can win for the first time, right? You have Swizzy and Putrick um, can win. So you have a little bit more randomness, but it makes it really hard to pre-plan the stories. That's a huge benefit I have, which I get to, I get the benefit <laughs> of, I know it's happening so I can construct an entire story um, based off of knowing the end result, and I can really emphasize what Kanata was doing earlier in the season, or I can really emphasize, right? If you guys knew Kanata was going to win, you would spend the entire pre-show being like, Kanata, you know, 18 straight grand finals, never won, longest streak without winning, ever winning one, the greatest player who's never won, maybe him or Thomas HD, right? We made the greatest, we said it was Thomas HD on the Clutch Up channel, so I guess I should stick to the script there. But... Um, it can be both, one in each region. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Best in best in North America. Um, so if you guys had known what was happening in advance, obviously you'd put a huge amount of emphasis on this is the great storyline with kind of you know, Booga lurking is always a big game player, right? I get the benefit of the of hindsight and I get to construct the story in retrospect, um, which is a, a you know, a great, a great uh, benefit that I get. So I really have a lot of respect for what um, happens on the broadcast because the game moves so fast. The storylines change so dynamically and you guys are really doing a good job picking them up. And I actually think whoever's running the broadcast, like what POVs they show in the game is um, like, they're, they're really on the ball compared to even, you know, you know, chapter two FNCSs and stuff like that. Like I almost always feel like I'm seeing the most relevant uh, um, duo and storyline. And uh, so, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, to me, I, I'm pretty happy with like the state of Fortnite competitive from like a, at least a broadcast storyline perspective. I'm not as, I'm, I don't play that much. Like I'm so bad at the game, right? <laughs> I took me seven seasons to even get a, a solo win. So I'm so bad at the game that I don't have as the complaints that I think a lot of the players do around server lag or siphon issues. So I, 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 I know I completely acknowledge that like that's total, I'm totally ignorant of, of, uh, of all that stuff. And I can kind of stick to the more positive, uh, you know, look at this heroic storyline or look at this, you know, player who was, you know, in this one position where people were doubting them or, you know, they weren't living up to the hype or whatever. And then, you know, everything came together and they had this amazing tournament. And that's always the the source of a great story. So I only really have, I only, I get a lot of, like, I mostly get positivity. Obviously hard to run an org and it's hard to uh, you know, spend a lot of money on all this different stuff. But I, you know, in terms of Fortnite itself, I generally only have positive <laughs> interactions because I, I don't play the game seriously. And I'm, I'm way too bad to ever play in a tournament. I'm sure if I was lagging out or I had a cheater landing on me every game or something, or I was getting string sniped, I would be like you know, way more prone to negativity, but I don't experience any of that. So I'm kind of like floating on a little cloud above it all. Fair enough. Two things you said there. One, just quickly about like the in-game observers and like that whole team. A lot of it's former players like gaming Kuno is kind of, him and Sokka direct what's going on in game. Both of them played at a high level, so they understand how it works. 
Um, and they've created principles as to here's different stages of the game. Here's the things we want to watch. So they've done a phenomenal job. Like you said, from what we saw a year ago to even like right now is better. And when they first started, it's better than before that. And it's a lot of fun to watch because when you're watching something like the 45th team fight the 33rd team in storm and zone, knowing they're both going to die anyway, who cares, right? Like you don't need to yeah. show that there's going to be something more relevant going on than that. Even if it's just a team sitting there, but they're the team in first place. That is a heck of a lot more relevant than two guys that are going to die to zone and finish bottom four hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, that's one piece. And then as far as the positivity piece, I'm generally in the same boat. I don't play a lot. The one thing that rubs me the wrong way is when it becomes anti-competitive. And when there's cheaters, when there's things that players can't do that or can't change that just ruins their, like those are the things that bug me. Um, And from just like a, a fan perspective, I just want to see the best of the best compete. And I don't want there to be like what ifs or buts or excuses that are relevant. Players will make excuses no matter what, but from like yeah. an outside perspective, looking in, I don't want any of that nonsense. And it, it seems like it's get, gets better at times. And then, you know, it's last season for the duo cash cups was horrendous. It seems like FNCS has been better because they have rounds to weed out problems. Um, uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's. The cheater seems like a low hanging fruit to fix. Like yeah. that does seem like I, I completely like. In some ways, the server stuff is totally out of their control, right? I don't even think. I think it's all on Amazon servers. So in some ways, that's totally out of their control, and all the players are playing on the same server in an FNCS. So at least there's like parity. In that way, but the cheaters, I mean, the cheaters, like that seems like a low hanging fruit that um, Play Epic like chooses to pursue that a little bit more vigorously and like weeding that out of the game. Is that go ahead? Doesn't just affect clicks or, uh, you know, or big name pros, right? It affects everyone who queues into a tournament zero build or or build or whatever, right? That, like, to your point around the throughput that Epic has of kind of I went from pubs to silver and ranked and then I made platinum and now I'm going to play in my first cash cup and then you die to a cheater right away like um, die to a cheater right away right like that angst the throughput that we we talked about before if a player is like totally demoralized because oh it wasn't even like that player's more mechanical than me or smarter than me or you know has way more experience than me it's just that player is full-on cheating so yeah <laughs> I, I hope they clean that up I mean obviously that's like I think that's an obvious thing to say though yeah. Um, like of course there shouldn't be cheaters <laughs> i believe someone posted it might have been reese posted that they're hiring like a gaming integrity manager or some so it does seem like they're trying to address it granted those problems that they're hiring for now you, you work a, a real life job so you understand like six months is going to be the when that person can really even start to make a difference um so that puts us to the first FNCS the next year, which is kind of sick if they're hired today. Um, I do want to yeah. go more towards, we wander a little bit back, back to you Okay. before we run out of time. Um, sure. The clutch up stuff. What made you want to start that? I know we had this conversation, but I would love for you to share that. Like, why do you think, or why did you think this channel could be successful? And like, what drove you to create these videos? Yeah, no, I, that's a really, that's a really good question. So, so I went to this conference in Las Vegas, CES, just like a general consumer technology, um, general consumer technology conference. Esports happens to be usually pick one or two trends, VR and AR, AI, whatever. They usually pick a couple trends. Esports happens to be one of the trends that was, um, um, that they were, you know, being discussed vigorously when I was there. Um, so I saw, so I, I got a lot of inspiration from that. And um, talking to the colleague that I went with, I said, it wouldn't be cool if there was kind of like an ESPN for esports that was um, like fully integrated, like a fully integrated business. You know, it, it did great content, it did news, it did highlights, 
um, you know, stories, documentaries, um, fantasy sports, um, which is something that I've been joking has been two weeks away from being two weeks away <laughs> for the since last October. But I actually think it's now two weeks away. Like I do think lots of people will be able to play it um, in time for the first Duo Cash Cup. Um, so, so that's exciting. So uh, that was the vision. And that's still the vision, right? We're kind of in inning one or inning two um, of uh, of that vision. So I started the Clutch Up channel and it was kind of like a bit haphazard. There was some top 10 lists. There were some, um, you know, random streamer highlights. And we kind of just chased whatever we thought would get views. And then eventually that just wasn't working. The channel had no brand. It had no soul. It had nothing. Um, I, I, uh, I've always been like, uh, someone who loves storytelling and writing and, and movies and, you know, Joseph Campbell and, you know, the hero's journey and all these different things. So I thought, you know, why don't I just, why don't I just try that? For storytelling, I was obviously super encouraged by the drive to, drive to survive statistics, um, that I shared with you before. I said, I think I can do it. I know Reese does a really good job. I know Ozzy does a really good job. Um, I think I could probably find like a little bit more niche stories. I mean, obviously I'm saying this as the two biggest videos are about Mongrel and Booga, but um, I, I did think I could find a little bit more niche stories. I could go back to old moments. I could create evergreen content that way. And I thought, you know, if I get the right team together, I mean, you're obviously like, you know, the amazing voice of it all, which I think has actually been a huge game changer. If you want, if you compare the old stories we did well, um, versus um, the ones with your voice. Um, but I thought, I thought we could, uh, um, you know, we could tell great stories. And if we were just super consistent, we the videos take hours and hours to make. Like just finding the clips is crazy. Right? So I, I figured sometimes just in, in business and in life, doing a hard thing no one else is willing to do consistently is going to yield differentiated results. So um, I said, I said, let's do it. I'm going to stay consistent. I'm not going to quit. Um which I wanted to quit a lot of times when I wasn't getting views and I was putting a lot of work um, and effort. But I said I'm not going to quit. I'm going to I'm going to keep trying and uh, eventually it'll work. And I think I learned a lot during the way. One, um, and I'm going to get into some tactical tips. <laughs> One, we had YouTube Shorts because YouTube Shorts are like a good hack to get subs. But all of the shorts we were doing like were totally unrelated to our videos, so we were getting the wrong audience. So YouTube was getting the wrong signal with our videos. Um. And two, I actually think there is a benefit to being stuck in obscurity for a while, which is you end up getting way better at what you're doing because the whole time you're like, it's my fault that it's not working and there's things that I need to improve on. So if you can take maximum accountability and look to improve um, in, in storytelling and um, not trimming the fat out of any script um, in finding the most relevant clips and you know, making a super compelling hook and getting better at titles and thumbnails, then like all of a sudden, when you actually have the blow up video, you've had five or six videos that are actually good. They just haven't been discovered yet. And then the channel blows up all as one. It's not just like isolated. I went lucky. I went viral. I have no idea why, um, why I went viral. Um, so that actually ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. Obviously no one wants to they feel like they're failing. No one wants to have the blessing in disguise. They want to have the blessing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so that's kind of the story of clutch up. And then a couple like tactical things that, that, that we learned, um, that we learned along the way, um, that we learned along the way. And hopefully, you know, we can keep making great videos and like satisfying the community in that way. Like the support has been unbelievable. Um, the support has been unbelievable. So it's like, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's, it's, I'm, I don't, I'm like really blessed, you know, to quote LeBron. Yeah. And I, I try and send you whenever I get those compliments. I actually got one the other day because I'm the voice, but people don't understand. You do all the hard work. Like you just send me a script and I read it. I might make it like slightly more how I would say it, but generally i'm just reading a script sending you the audio and that that is all i do we've had some conversations about like what i would do but ultimately it doesn't i don't want anyone to think that i take the credit for it and i try and tell them like hey th this guy's the genius behind all this um <laughs> and i think it's cool that you've done this because 
one of my biggest fears is this is a game that I love. And one day, all the content will be gone. And we saw that with Twitch. Like, one day, Twitch was like, we're going to DMCA everybody and delete all your content. And years worth of stuff just disappeared. So having these stories created and saved on a channel and now getting appreciated because they are really cool pieces of content is so much for me. It's I love it. Not just like, because I'm a part of it, but because like I'm a fan of Fortnite and one day I go back and watch all these videos. They're, they're pretty cool. It's like a reminiscent of the time and especially the older ones. It's, it's fun. It's a little peek back and, uh, for you, right? We did this. I want to say you and I probably did five or six videos together and none of them really did that great. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was the Thomas one kind of popped off and then the Booga the one went one. absolutely yeah. nuclear. Um, yeah. and Aussie watched it. Cypher watched like everyone. And what yeah. did that feel like to finally have this moment of like, I've been doing this for so long and you guys finally now like see what I'm putting in. Like what, walk me through that. I mean, it was floating. It was floating. I was floating on a cloud, right? <laughs> like I, I listened to this podcast, the founders podcast, which, uh, is really good. It's kind of the guy reads biographies. He summarizes, uh, what like great founders of businesses over time went through. And he has this whole thing, which like, belief in yourself precedes results. That's like a constant lesson that all these people like believed in themselves before they saw results. And like that was getting really stressed. So like to have that, uh, and to have Cypher, I've literally been watching Cypher since educational commentary days, right? I, I, uh, 25 month sub on Aussie's channel, uh, right? Like these are, you know, um, these are like, people in the community that I have like a lot of respect and um, fondness for. So, I mean, yeah, it's just like, you're just floating on a cloud. Like it's an unbelievable feeling. Um, it's an unbelievable feeling and it's, it's super motivating, right? You need to be motivated by the need to improve and to do better, but you also need to be motivated by the fact that um, there is a possibility for like real success, um, real success one day. And hopefully we're just at the start, but uh, yeah, I mean, amazing, amazing feeling. Awesome. Well, I know we have more coming. You just sent me another script. So uh, that's a pretty cool one. I, I always like those ones. Um, we'll tease it. Go to We Clutch Up on YouTube if you guys want to go watch some cool content. But keep doing those because I appreciate them. And um, they sh should only continue to like snowball for you, I would imagine. Um, because Boy. they're not relevant to the time, really. The, the way you write them... Um, you could pretty much just watch one after another after another and they're like oh this is another cool video and you just get sucked into watching every video on your channel um so yeah i get nerdy on it for a second go ahead like on just some of the, on some of the things so so there's this amazing it's like a famous book on, on storytelling right it's george lucas's biggest uh it's george lucas's biggest inspiration for why he wanted to do star wars it's called the hero with a thousand faces i uh he's a professor um, from like 50s and 60s, it's called Joseph Campbell. And basically what, what he said is that humans respond, there's like a, a generic myth that humans respond to across all times, all cultures, that there's specific stories that people come back to over and over and over again, whether they're religious texts or whether they're um, you know, films or books, um, great, you know, great works of fiction. Um, great works of fiction across the board, even um, biographies, biography, historical biographies, like oftentimes the writers follow the formula of the kind of hero's journey, the monomyth. Um, so I do always try to like, <laughs> I do always try to work those into the video. Sometimes I do it like really bluntly. Like I think um, <laughs> we compared uh, Mongol, Mitro and Taysen to the Fellowship of the Ring Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and uh, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo, and Princess Leia. So, um, <laughs> like sometimes we get we get really uh, 
we get really, um, really heavy, heavy handed, but it's like really important in stories. And anyone who wants to make videos like this on any esport or anything, like there needs to be some element of transformation, right? Like someone needs to be in one place at the beginning of the story, right? The cupboard under the stairs, stuck on Tatooine in a farm, wanting to do something with their life, um, in the Shire, um, just living kind of this blissful, um, blissful life. Someone needs to be somewhere and then they need to undergo a significant transformation, um, a significant transformation to become a hero in the end. So, I mean, obviously it's like, these are Fortnite videos. It's not that important, but like, I, I do always try to, uh, I do always try to work, <laughs> work that into, work that into the videos, right? Um, uh, you know, this is edgy. He, you know, came second times in a row and then you know all of a sudden he's in first this is Buga. he's at the highest high you could possibly be as an esports athlete as a person frankly and then you know he was good but not great as you like so perfectly <laughs> delivered in the uh um in the video and then like all of a sudden he's back on top of the world right so um that's that's just super important in kind of the discipline of uh, the discipline of storytelling and hopefully that's something that you know i can transfer to other things either in this business to moon unit videos to whatever um uh as i as i kind of keep um keep pushing in this content game that's cool i i like i'm just gonna say keep doing it the um the other piece is like you've clearly put in a lot of effort and thought to the channel which makes me even more appreciative than I was before. Like, it's not just you writing these scripts based on like whatever comes to mind when you watch back in FNCS or you remember something like there's a whole overlay that you want to put on these kind of videos. And now that you say that it does make more sense. Like you just named three of the greatest storytellers of all time and Lucas token and rallying. Like they yeah. they crushed it. They they've done it multiple times and just absolutely fucking crushed it. And now like you're kind of taking those same ideas and principles and just bringing them to something else to continue what they've already put on paper for you. Yeah. Well, now that I know people like them, I just want people to go to the channel and say, "I'm going to get a great video. The video is going to be high quality. It's going to be engaging. It's going to tell me a story. Um, and there's going to be little flourishes that." You know, we always put a quote at the end and there's these kind of little flourishes. Uh, Why do you do that, by the way? I've never asked. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just an artistic flourish. <laughs> I just, I did it the first time. I thought it was funny. Uh, we made a hundred thieves video, I think was the first one. Um, it was actually Shot's idea, um, Moonshot. So shout out to, uh, shout out to him um, to do that. And then I put a quote at the end. It was like an F. Scott Fitzgerald quote. Um, and uh I thought it was funny and everyone uh, everyone was asking why did you do that and I was like oh it's just a flourish and then I decided to uh I decided to stick with it because you'd want I, I don't know like even if it's heavy-handed I, I you do want to make things unique and differentiated um as much as possible in, in all acts of creation whether it's you know whether it's uh um a YouTube video or a you know, an app that you're building or whatever you want to, you want to have things that make it uniquely yours. Even if you're trying, even if they're a bit cringe or you're trying hard to do them, like it's definitely, I definitely think it's really important to have just things that make you unique, just even for the sake of them making you unique, even if they're not like, you know, like super crisp or super integrated, it's still, uh, I do still think it's important and it's important to improve on that and to give people the expectation that that's coming at the end of the video and um, all that yeah. great stuff. I was just going to say that it's like once you've created enough fandom of people that have watched videos beginning to end, then they'll be waiting for that moment at the end of the video. And now you've like kept them here, which is kind of like a YouTube hack, I guess of, We've now created something that people expect that they'll wait for at the end of the video, even if they, oh, I, I, I hate this part. I don't really care about this player, but let, I want to see the quote at the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, what is this little piece? I have to, there's one minute left, right? You got to wait until yeah. you get to the end of that. Um, yeah. One more thing. And then I do want to talk about your fantasy app, if you're willing, before. Yeah, we, no, we part absolutely. Ways. Um, absolutely. We talked about it today. Like people have been stealing your content. How do you feel about that? And like, what goes through your brain when someone's like posting 
were not even like edited, just the entire Booga video on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just saw that one today. Someone <laughs> took the Kanata video and broke it up into shorts. I'm like, this is fine because it's just like there's no way anyone's going to watch 20 straight shorts of this whole 15-minute video. Um, so, I mean, that was a little silly. The French version of the Booga video that has 80,000 views right now or something, I think it's like the person literally wrote, this is part of an agreement with Clutch Up. So, I mean, that's a lie. And I posted that <laughs> on in a comment that that's a lie. It's not in an agreement. And then the comment got deleted. Damn. Um, so I'll probably have to copyright strike that one at a certain point. But um, I actually had a guy reach out saying, I want to translate all your videos into like a French clutch up channel. And he gave kind of a compelling offer. So at least it proves the Booga video getting 80,000 views proves that there's some demand there. So that's like actually a worthwhile expansion. Yeah. So to be honest, like I, I'm more thankful for that being like a clear evidence that, hey, we can just translate these videos and, uh, you know, that's incremental, you know, audience and revenue and all these great things. So like I'm generally appreciative of that. But yeah, at a certain point, I'll have to crack down on the uh, I haven't quite had the heart to do it yet on some of these some of these um, other creators. But at a certain point, I'll have to crack down a little bit on you can remix it and you can react to it and you can appreciate it and like anyone can ever react to these videos like i'm not going to be super precious about that and you know um i just want people to appreciate them but yeah just outright stealing them <laughs> just literally <laughs> downloading the video and then reposting it like this is what you created is kind of nonsense yeah i'll have to crack that on it eventually but for now i mean it's it is what it is i'm not uh, at least it proves that people want to watch the videos in french and we have you know 15 or 20 great videos that we can translate into french and um, people can enjoy so that's figuring out the logistics on that but hopefully that uh, that comes soon yeah well and then like if you find someone that does a good job editing the shorts with like just purely taking the video maybe you bring them on to like double dip <laughs> exactly. and throw some shorts on um just yeah it's like the software companies that hire people who can hack their systems yeah oh you hacked our system successfully like we're gonna we'll just hire you as opposed to uh as opposed to like trying to take you down (laughs) hey bring them in it's easier than trying to like fight them the entire time Um, i mean at least it shows that they have some motivation and interest in growing on youtube and learning the ropes i mean uh, again i'll uh, warning to all you thieves, <laughs> I will eventually have to crack down on it. But uh, right now, I'm feeling like I'm magnanimous because uh, I'm still in the afterglow of the channel blowing up. Nice. Yeah, it won't always be like that. It won't always be like that. So be careful. Be careful, you thieves. So let's uh, let's shift gears, right? You kind of talked about this at the beginning of you wanted Moon. You wanted to build something that was ultimately a product and. Ever since I've spoken to you, there's been this back background piece that you've been working on. And it's a fantasy app and like fantasy sports, but for specifically Fortnite. Can you get into that? Like, what are we looking at? What that? What is that going to be like? No, absolutely. So I, I think the the one overarching goal of, of Clutch Up is I do want to like get more interest in Fortnite competitive, right? Just and so I was kind of like just deconstructing what drives interest in the NFL or the NBA or something. And it was kind of like three things. One, it's like the storylines. We talked about that so much. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to bring it up again. Second is kind of these like debates. Who's the goat? Um, who's the goat? Who's the best person is kind of like first take. Everyone's mad at Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or whatever for giving some bad take. There's like this horrible debate right now over, like, what does world champion mean on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. It's yeah, like Trey maybe the biggest something. waste of, of brain power in, in the history of in the history of Twitter. Um, so there's kind of this kind of debate and, you know, people getting into it. And I think that that's like pretty apparent in, in the Fortnite space. Hopefully maybe there'll be like a clutch up first take clone that we do uh, in the next, uh, uh, you know, this year or next year once we kind of get the uh, get our ducks in a row. Um, but the third area that I that you know I think undisputably drives a lot of interest in in sports is well one gambling not happening in Fortnite right I actually think Fortnite cease and desist any bookie who 
I like did the World Cup and so like I, Fortnite's very anti-gambling, which you know I totally respect, and Twitch is anti-gambling, so um, totally respect. But the other is fantasy, just casual fantasy with friends um, or whatever. So that was from the beginning, from the from the beginning, one of the goals that we had. And I obviously work in software, so it seemed logical that I could build the app. Um, so we're building it. I think it's 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 uh, it's like a pretty generic fantasy game, which is every player has a kind of a fake budget, 50 bucks. Every duo has, you know, X value, maybe Adrian Kanata is $12. And, you know, the team that's never qualified for a grand finals is $1. Um, you construct a team of, you construct with the $50 and teams. Um, and then the aggregate score wins. There's a global leaderboard. So you don't need to have a group of friends to play. You can just say, here's how I compare against, global leaderboard but there's also a feature where you can create a private pool with friends or um hopefully streamers i talked to um um comp report um streamers can do um, pools with their fans um and their viewers to and i know ozzy does one with uh i know ozzy does one and another guy behind it really really awesome guy um really awesome guy but uh yeah, that's the that's the the, the general principle. Uh, I copied the Premier League um, fantasy. Um, if you ever played uh, Premier League fantasy or anyone ever did, it's going to seem really similar to that when you, when you try it. But I'm pretty proud of how it works. I, I'm pretty proud of how it works. I'll definitely send you the link. I'm more than ha- like I, I'll definitely send you the link, and everyone can look at it for me on Twitter if they want to try it for the next cash cup, like almost certainly we'll be running a beta on it in the next cash cup um, for feedback and to generate some excitement. But I do think that it's kind of the third, the third pillar um, between storytelling kind of debate and, you know, debate and controversy um, debate and controversy and uh, kind of like ancillary games, I guess you'll call them um, that work really well. I mean, for the NFL in particular, but um, you know, NBA and MLB and all these other, uh, all these other sports, um, like I've seen a tremendous surge of interest, um, because people, people play these answer games with their friends or, you know, the public leaderboard. So that's the, that's the goal and the vision there. Cool. Yeah, they do work. I'm in five NFL leagues. I have my first NFL draft tonight and then over the next week and a half, I have four more. So I'm bought in. I spend like seven hundred to a thousand dollars every year on fantasy football. Um yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. Like it makes every game more more fun to watch, even if like it's not really any money, but like you, you have a rooting in interest. Like I, I'm a Jets fan. I, I root for my team, but I'll watch every game. Like every game that I can, I'll, I'll watch. And I kind of at certain points in my career have felt the same way with Fortnite, but having again a little buy-in would be awesome not not it doesn't like it literally doesn't have to be money just i'm rooting for these players because they're 100%. on my team um 100 no I, I think it's just gonna it, it, i think it, it just elevates the average viewing experience just a couple extra percentage right and it just gives you that extra incentive okay so we have a great storyline people are following thanks to Fortnite and clutch up and reese hub and ozzy and you and all these other great people in the space and then oh when i'm watching i can play this little fantasy game and i can uh you know know, then i'm actually i actually care if like clicks and epic whale are in 30th i care if they have a big win because oh they're on my team right but normally i would only care if i'm a huge clicks fan i would only care if he's winning or top three or um or if he's like i guess Adequately griefing his drop spots so he gets it unconned in FNCS, right? Like those are the things that people normally care about when they watch cash cups or FNCS weeks or so on and so forth. So yeah, hopefully we can elevate it a little bit. That's the goal. Well, and one thing that I think is also important is it's not it's a game that could be played by anyone and doesn't rely on spending hours and hours and hours playing actual Fortnite in order to be able to even like understand what's going on. Like as someone that may just want to watch, enjoy the game, or maybe even they just have a favorite streamer that they like watching. Like this is now a way that they can play alongside without having to be a cracked 15 year old that is full boxing and shitting on people. 
Of course, and it's totally and it can be totally random, right? There's all these stories of March Madness brackets that get won by, you know, some random person in the office who picks the teams based off of colors that they like or uh, the mascot that they the mascot or the team name or um, schools that they just know, and they win these huge money March Madness brackets because there's so much randomness. Uh, there's so much randomness. So I do think that anyone can play. Anyone can play, right? You just kind of YOLO a team in there. It takes less than five minutes. You know, the user experience on the app, I think, is very streamlined, um, if I do say so myself. So it takes five minutes. You YOLO a team in there. And then all of a sudden, you have, like, this, like, additional rooting interest beyond, oh, I love, you know, I love Puga or whatever it is. Or I just watch Ozzy to kind of, like, decompress at the end of a long day. Um, there's just that one extra element that just makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit more engaging. So, I mean, hopefully, one, hopefully we're able to launch it again. It's two weeks away from being two weeks away, so it's a little <laughs> bit. It's been, it's been, you know, like all things in 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 esports and entrepreneurship, it's been a little bit harder to say the least than I thought it would be um, going into it. So, there's a lot of challenges in the way Fortnite data. I mean, that's maybe my biggest qualm with Epic right now is. You don't know any of the doers going in, so all the data is retroactive, but you still have to get people the doers to pick from. So how do you do that? Anyways, well, um, how do you do that? That's the good luck. That's that's the core challenge, right? That's what's that's been the kind of main source of the uh, um, the struggle over the last the last little year. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's super easy, and hopefully, it's additive. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, I do appreciate the things that you've done and the conversation that we've gotten to have. Uh, we will keep putting out videos as long as you keep doing the awesome work that you are. Uh, Teddy, can you tell everyone where to find you? Shout out whatever the heck you want. I really don't care. Uh, if you ah. want it to be clutch up yourself, moon, <laughs> go for it. Follow. I think, you know, and I'll, I'll just say this really follow me on Twitter because that's like the, um, that's like, and I think my ad is going to be on the screen. Yeah, it's right down there. Okay. In my bio, there's the moon unit, there's clutch up. And, you know, I think the pinned tweet is the Fortnite creative game that we launched a couple months ago, which is super fun shotgun game. Um, definitely give it a try. Um, clutch up. We have a more clutch up channel now that we're just getting started. I think we're going to have a great video coming out on that soon. And then, yeah, root for moon unit. Um, root for moon unit. We have a... Uh, a new player joining this week. Hopefully, we can announce we can announce him. Um, so that's really really exciting, and we're going to be testing out some of our new some of our new storytelling capability um, with this new pickup. So I'm really excited, really really excited there. Um, yeah. And so follow me on Twitter, and I mean you'll be completely inundated with all things Moon Unit and Clutch Up and um, themes. Hopefully, a couple wisdom nuggets. Um, I interspersed in there. Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. It's Teddy E Moss, uh, on Twitter, moon unit gaming on Twitter, or we clutch up on Twitter. If you're just listening, uh, I'll have those in the description as well, but thank you for joining me, man. Thank you all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will, uh, be back with some other person that agrees to speak with me. So we'll see you next time. Yeah. Like, and sub. <laughs>